I mean, look, why don't you just come right out and say it and that uh, everything is a bunch of crap uh, and didn't... that uh, Miami is lily white and clean. They played a great, uh, clean game no. and we ought to be proud. No, I didn't say that. Well, then what are you saying? I mean, it sounds to me like you want to turn around everything in the world just to satisfy the way you view it. No, I like to have seen some as these replays that you know that most, just like last night on that clip of the rocket, why they had that every which angle but uh, sideways. Yeah. And these other... Uh, well, I already told you, they did a crappy job of televising the game, and the, the lack of replays was part of it. But there were some of the things that were so flagrant. I mean, the penalty there were two and a half minutes to go. Did you see that? No, I didn't. You didn't see that? No. Well, I, w I wish you would have seen that. That was that was embarrassing. I mean, the score is 46-3. to three. The quarterback is sacked for about the 400th time in a game, and he just he just reaches down. He's standing over. He just reaches down, grabs his helmet, and twists his head, and a flag comes flying in immediately. I mean, it was just There's pointless. No it, it was just totally pointless. It's like kicking somebody in the face, which we're also famous for, but that's another story. Well, I agree. There's no... There's no need for dirty play. You can play tough, but you don't have to play dirty. Okay, I'll and, tell Dennis you said so. And uh, and let me and you said about Don Shula. Well, you got Lewis Oliver back there who has stand, stood over a couple people this year and gloated over his uh, his annex and Mr. Pruitt when they were losing their ass in Washington, doing his gyration. So you know, Coach Shula, I got a lot of respect for, but you say he wouldn't stand for it. Well, they're still playing. Well, the only reason Pruitt's playing and what has been playing is because of injuries. He's played a lot when Clayton was out. Well, look, the bottom line is he may put up with a little... I'm not saying that the Dolphins never do anything to be embarrassed, but to try to compare, to try to draw a parallel between their uh, the way they comport themselves on the field and the, the Hurricanes, I mean, you know, that's there's no comparison. And he wouldn't tolerate that, I'm telling you. Well, and, neither, and, right neither would, and neither would most other coaches at any level, college or professional. I don't think Dennis Erickson is a bad person. Tell you the truth. I, hey, I never, I, I never met the guy. I don't know if he's a bad person or a good person, but the fact is, no matter what he, what baggage he brought to Miami, the fact is that here at the end of, by the end of this season, he is absolutely, positively, at the end of the second season here, he is part of this thing, part of this whole mentality. Okay, they've won him over. He encourages. He's a part of it, and uh, for better or worse, that's what you got. The bad part about it, the bottom line is, they want him to win. You know, and that's where that's where it all yeah. comes. Well, out. like I said, Colorado won last night. I didn't see him doing any of that. They beat a pretty damn good team. No, and one other thing, Louisville, uh, you, they had half the number of penalties of uh, and the yardage. Yeah, they and, were and they huh? had a hundred and, and, and ten penalties. So they weren't playing exactly. Yeah, but their penalties weren't personal fouls. They had clipping penalties. They had holding penalties. You know, hey, listen, you can have a lot of penalties in a game that are stupid penalties. You see a lot of holding and a lot of. Uh, clipping penalties, but when you got eight personal fouls in a non-sportsmanlike conduct, something's wrong. Something is out of control somewhere. Well, Neil, they listed what they were, and then it was two. There had to be two face masks, a shoving, and then they start what they called uh, excessive uh, celebration. That's what they threw the other fifteen that got uh, thrown into the thing as if they were uh, face masks. And that's listed. They 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 spelled it right out in the Herald. I mean, that's about the only thing they do right. And there's, like I say, I think there was two penalties, two, two clipping. Okay. Or the two. Okay, I'll, no I'll, uh, re I'll reassess my whole what I saw yesterday well, based yeah. on uh, your analysis. I'd just like to know what the heck on, I, I would have liked to have seen the one, the first one, because I think that set the tone. I don't see yeah. how damn bad it was. So. It was bad, okay, but no matter what I say okay. to you, you've got it, uh, you've no. got it all sorted out. Not have really. A, have a great day. 12-14, I mean, I could spend another 10 minutes with the guy, and I've, you know, most of the people who have called have disagreed to some degree, which is fine, but I'm not, I'm just not going to sit here having him just rationalize away everything, because basically he saw and heard what he wanted to see and hear, and that's, that's fine, okay, because most everybody else in this town did also. Let's go to North Miami Beach. 
Yeah, Neil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, in other words, you, you you don't think that the penalties were severe enough, is that it? What? I say they were penalized for their misbehavior. Yeah, and they deserved it. Yeah, I'm not right. talking about how many yards they should have had in penalties. I'm talking about their behavior. That's what I'm talking about. Well, I know, but we're, we're, all right. What did you want? Did you want? Did you want a double foul on every play? Did you want 30 yards in penalties well, on every maybe play? They should make the, the rules more severe. No, maybe the coaches should get control of the team. That's the point, sir. Okay, I don't know if I have to draw you a diagram. What I'm trying to say. Yeah, let's have let's start having some 40-yard penalties. The fact is, it didn't make any difference how many yards they had in penalties because they were so superior, and that was shown at the beginning of the game. When you got a first and 40, they had a third and 18. The pass was incomplete, but uh, Texas was offside on that play, okay? Then they come back at third and 13. Erickson completes a beautiful pass. First down. And when you've got first and 40 and you can make the first down, does that tell you how much better you are than the other team? Does that set the tone for what's going to happen the rest of the day? And it did. It's not a question of how many yards you want the team to be penalized. It's a question of whether you want a team that is representing the major university in this community and your town to act like a bunch of thugs. And it's been going on now for three or four years, and the community obviously loves it. They eat it up, and the media love it in this town. The rest of the media are appalled by it, but in this town they love it because they certainly cover up for it and defend it. And believe me, you'll hear lots of that tonight on this station at 6.05. I... You can bet your life on it, and that's the name of the game. That's the real world, according to us. What? 20 afternoon. Well, I thought there was more. What can I say? Uh, nobody called in with a guy's name from Channel 7 at Paul that was wearing that uh, pup tent for a sport jacket. That, that was the most bizarre. What? Well, that wasn't right. The guy's name was Paul something. Oh, somebody on one has got it? Hello? Hello, no, I thought it was Jay Hyler. Obviously, it's not. No, the guy's name is Paul. I've never is seen that, him before. Is that Paul Seebeck or? Well, you know, now that well, you mentioned it, I wouldn't know his last name anyway. Well, I'll, I'll call it actually because of that idiot that was a course on ESPN. Did you see him that he interviewed Chris Zorch after the game? The guy's in tears. Uh, it's his last game, you know, and he comes up and he goes, ah, how, guy, how you doing? Uh, uh, the guy's he, he's trying to be nice to him, saying sir and sir, and the guy's going, well, you played a great game in spite of the fact that you lost, and you're going to do great in the pros, and you're going to be a big pick, and he, and he's just hounding him, and the guy's in tears, he's got his face in his, in his hands, and, uh... That's uh, television, sir. Uh, I mean, I was just That's trying to just, just get up and level him and just walk away. But, exactly, would have been great, it would have been better than Mort Downey. Yeah, well, and, uh, before that, he was, uh, they interviewed him, O.J. Simpson interviewed him, they went into his, uh, into his hotel room. Oh, that must have been great, that must have been a very insightful interview. Yeah, he was in shorts, the room was a mess, there was three guys in a room, and, uh, he's laying on his bed, and, and then Simpson asked him, well, are you nervous? And he, and he says, uh, oh, look, yeah, I'm shaking, and, you know, they all got a good laugh, but he was shaking in the end, because he had his face in his hands, and that idiot, Corso, wouldn't leave him alone. Yeah. I'd say take Dick Vitale... Jim Valvano and Corso, stick them in the desert and give them a map to Baghdad. Have a great day, Pat. All right. 1222 at WYOD. We have an open line in Dade County. Pretty sports intensive here on your sports... Neurotic doesn't... I mean, I'm going to say your sports neurotic station, but that's like uh, such an understatement. It doesn't even come close. I, I'm, somebody will have to find a word. Obsessive is uh, not enough. We need a battery of psychiatrists to uh, be able to... Uh, examine and uh, unfold the, the the sports obsession that this entire it's like I mean, seriously the sports mafia 
controls this entire operation here. In spite of anything else, uh, the sports is where it's at. Believe me. If they have to pay $80 million for the rights to the Dolphin Games next season and everybody else has to go to the Camillo's house for lunch every day, believe me, that's uh, that's just the way it is. I'm trying to open this thing up. Oh, jeez. Like I said, the sports mafia at WIOD. Oh, hi, Hank. Joe, how you doing? Get a haircut, Joe. Come on, people are making jokes. Sonny. Jeff, hey, Jeff, great job. Jim, come on, Jim, get the towel out. You're soaking wet. And anybody who would tell you this is a terrible movie, don't go and see it, is obviously... Well, you know, when you got several degrees in film, I guess you know what you're talking about. Because I'd much rather see Pumpkinhead or uh, talk radio. That was... Wow, Steve, you're right on top of it. And if you ever get off... Let's go to uh, Fort Lauderdale. Hello? Yes, sir. Hi, I think that... Uh, I don't want to bring up the Miami thing. I think you've said it over and over. Well, what, what more is there to say? You know, the people have already made up their mind who are going to cover it up, and uh, the rest of us, uh, you know, what is there to say? Yeah, I mean, I'm an objective observer. I'm a North Carolina state person. I heard you mention Valvano. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? ABC does this big expose. They uncover this gigantic scandal. The heat is on. They have to buy out his contract. They He's gone. Him. And they hire him to be the sports analyst to do NCAA basketball. <laughs> wow. That's something else. Maybe they, maybe they can have him check in to make sure if there's any point shaving going on in any of the games. But the thing is, the university did clean its act up, and they've gotten a good person in there to try to straighten it out. You know? Right. But uh, getting back to the Miami thing, I don't know if you saw this. Six has a sportscaster called John Dutzman. John Douchebag, yeah. <laughs> and he was at the Orange Bowl, and he started screaming, I don't care what the CBS people say, and Miami's the best sports town in the country. He goes, we have that hockey thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got the hockey thing, all right. It's right up in his uh, gut somewhere. If they open up his stomach, the puck will fall out. I couldn't believe the he hockey saying that. Thing. Is he, what is he talking about? <laughs> we didn't get the thing. Yeah, well, but we got the thing. He didn't say we have the team. We got the thing. That's what he said. So I, I was wondering if you happened to see him. He was live. Shamuka went to him live before the Notre Dame game. Oh, man. He was at the Orange Bowl. It was just a joke. And then this great sports town came to sell out their favorite yeah. football. Yeah. This is, I'll tell you, this is the greatest sports town in America. We got a team that went 12-4, and four, one of the best teams in the whole league. And uh, we're going to play Kansas City on Saturday. We've had several days to give people to buy tickets, and bingo. You know, there's no chance it's going to be so. None. Zero. I know. It's, it's unbelievable. But just wondering if you happen to see Dutzman say that. Well, I'm, I'll be sure and miss him next time. <laughs> I think he was high. I think on my screen, Dave Game was blocking him out. <laughs> have a great day. Thanks a lot. Okay. Yeah, see, they, no, Dave Game is great. Like when you have civil disturbances, like when we had the uh, what they called riots in uh, Wynwood a few weeks ago. And Channel 6, because they don't want to get people hysterical, they had their man in the street, but Dave Game was standing there blocking everybody's view, and that way nobody could get over-emotional, and the things calmed down in no time. I like that. Now, Hambrick and Giselle are not too happy, because he keeps coming in and standing in front of the camera, in front of the set, in the middle of the 6 o'clock news, they're getting pretty PO'd about it. Homestead. Is Homestead gone? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Hi. First of all, I'd like to tell you I recently moved here from Los Angeles. Well, welcome to a real neurotic place. Well, you don't know how much you light up my life every day. I miss people like you. <laughs> you know, you guys really tell it like it is. Well, you guys. Well, everybody. <laughs> yeah, Jeff DeForest, Joe Zagaki. We tell it like it is. 
Yeah, you well, at least you kind of try to show these people here that they, somewhere out there there's some class, that there's a better way of doing things. But you know something? Doing. Maybe maybe it's good that the hurricanes are like that because they represent the community, and I think they reflect this is a community with no class, so why should they have any? Well, let me tell you what happened to me. Uh, remember a couple of months ago when the guys were doing that dance in national TV? You know, the hurricanes? The Labada? Well... <laughs> Whatever they call it. Anyway, yeah. I um, I have a 16-year-old that's a Hurricanes fan, and I try to show them, you know, uh, what sportsmanship should be like. And, mm -hmm. of course, they're not it. But I called the uh, PR uh, office of the Hurricanes, right? And, in essence, they told me that if I didn't want my child to see that, then I didn't need to have him sitting down looking at the game. Right. Like the guy said before, if you don't like it, turn it off. Yeah. So it was really, it was really embarrassing, <laughs> and the woman was so rude. And she said, really? I said, well, I'd like to talk to Mr. Erickson. She says, well, he's really not interested in this man because you're asking the players to be penalized and they don't deserve to be penalized. This was an emotional thing. And, right. you know, just like uh, Cubans can be emotional, so can our football players be emotional wait a minute. She, to get away she, with it. Wait a minute. She said that? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. She was really, she was really funny. And, you know, uh, I'm a Cuban and I started to say, look, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to come down there and hurt you. Right. Beat the crap out of you. Right. Prove that you are emotional. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, it, it was really embarrassing. And I was like, if I didn't have a job and I, if I wasn't my, you know, head of my household, I'd go down there and, and tell her, you know, a thing or two. Yeah. Tell her right. to stick it right where the moon don't shine. <laughs> Right? But she was like, hey, you know, they have a right to do whatever they want. You know, they're excited. They're on TV and yeah. this and that. And if the Miami team is so excited about t being on TV, then, hey, you know, they're acting like country. They be bad, man. That's what it's all about. We be bad, okay? <laughs> and if anybody don't like it, too bad. Well, maybe we be need, bad. Maybe they need to stop criticizing Buffalo. You know, at least Buffalo sells out their team. Yeah, you know, it's it. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that because, boy, after we came back from getting our asses kicked in Buffalo, unfortunately... I heard endless, and I and it was legitimate. I mean, on and on about the rowdy Buffalo fans and how they were throwing rocks and crap at the bus. And right from the time the Dolphins got there in the press and everybody from Miami, they were just abusing and carrying on. And you know, I, that's legitimate. But it, you know, if we heard that much about that, I'm going to be real interested these next couple of days how much I hear from these same sports reporters about the barbaric behavior yesterday in Dallas. Well, did you see the letter in the Miami Herald from the uh, mayor of Buffalo? No. And in essence, what he said was that, you know, he who laughs last has the best laugh. So I guess he's saying, hey, if we win the championship, who cares what we did to you? Well, that's a bunch of crap, too. Yeah. Well, Let him freeze his ass off up there in the Lackawanna. Well, he was down here on vacation. Oh, well, send him back there, okay? We don't yeah. need him here. We got enough We got enough troublemakers here already. Yeah, but another thing I wanted to share with you is um, I can't believe the unprofessionalism of these um, newscasters here. And the guy you were talking about is Paul Zeebeck. Is that his name? Yeah. Did you he, see him? Yes, I see him all the time, and I always tell my what, what is the story? He looks like a, a comedy routine from Saturday Night Live or well, something. What is that all about? He looked like a Guido Sarducci on a bad day without the mustache. One night they had him on, and he, had, um, he was at his daughter's ballet recital, and he was doing the sports from there. And I couldn't believe that. You know, I said, Jesus Christ, how did this man get a job? And it doesn't say much for, you know, for Channel uh, 7. Well, that speaks for itself. Well, you know, but anyway, thanks a lot for making my mornings. I okay. really enjoy you. Well, listen, just uh, get a grip on life, because if you're here for the uh, long term, it's going to get well, a lot worse. hopefully after my son goes to college, I'm out of here. Okay. Good luck. Good luck to you, too. See ya.
Okay, now the rumor is he was singing that to the pedestrian after the Eagle game, but that's just a rumor. We still have no further information on that. Sanchez hasn't shown the Heidner hair. He hasn't shown his ugly face in here since the reports, which probably, of course, are just a lot of propaganda started by the people at Channel 10. Maybe it was Ann who hit a pedestrian with a truck. Is that possible? With that big diesel truck at Channel 10? Man. Flatten them out, they'd look like an ant on a bad day. Can you imagine if Dave Gaines steps on ants in his backyard? Woo! One in seven Americans suffers from a terrible affliction. And while others find it funny, to those who have it, it's no laughing matter. It's called frequent burping syndrome. It's terrible. I'll, I'll be on a date or a business meeting and... and... <clears throat> Excuse me. See? See what happens? Frequent burping syndrome. It can ruin your life, but it doesn't have to. Now there's a clinic that can help. Trained specialists, sensitive to the needs of compulsive belchers. A special place known as Burp Enders. Gosh, Burp Enders saved my life. Uh, Joanne and I were in love. I, I really wanted to ask her to marry me, but I just knew that when the moment of truth came, I'd let out with a big ripper. You know. <laughs> Burp Enders. No shame, no guilt. No more tummy rumbling, smelly belches. No more stopping in mid-sentence to uncork a big, cheesy blaster. Just caring professionals and the help you need. Don't wait. Here's the number to call. 555-2877. That's 555-2877. Burp Enders. Call today and stop being so gross. Okay, 1235 at WYDC. Suds is in the building already. Look at that. And he's got his Tom Jicka blow-up doll with a dartboard right over his butt. Look at that. Oh, good shot. He's just warming up for later on. Now, I, I'll repeat what I said before in case anybody missed it in uh, yesterday morning's paper. Jicka had his predictions for 91. And he showed where he's coming from. I mean, he just has it in for Rick Riley to such an extent that... And Porker Suds, of course, gets sucked in along with all the negatives because uh, he's just uh, there for the ride. Uh, well, no, he doesn't hate you. He just hates Rick, and you just uh, take all the fallout because your partner's a douchebag. But the bottom line is Jicka has no credibility where Rick and Suds or anything that goes on in afternoon programming, his credibility is gone because he's got a personal vendetta. He's also personal friends with Hank, who for years has been racetrack buddies. And so the piece he wrote about, you know, Hank will be on in afternoons and WYOD wilds up and have this great back-to-back, -back it's uh, garbage. Tom, and you just, you're destroying your credibility. You're hurting yourself, Tom. What are we going to do with this, Tom? He used to be okay. Now he's getting a little fresh. What the hell are we going to do with a guy like that anyway? Maybe we'll uh, let him be a guest with Norm Kent. That'll straighten his ass out. Okay, all you pseudo-intellectuals who want... Oh, by the way, we got Cosford coming on Monday. Wow! All these pseudo-intellectuals in South Florida be gathered by your radio from 10 to 2 on Monday. Bill Cosford, the foreign film maven, Mr. Pseudo-intellectual who gave Godfather 3 two and a half paltry stars, will be our guest to probably talk about the great movies like... Um, uh, well, I don't know the names of them because they all have foreign titles. 1237, Lake Worth. Hello, Neil. How are you feeling? 
Okay, so far, right up till this moment. I've got a few few questions to ask you. Okay, ax away. I'm a regular listener. As they say to the ax murderer, ax away. Five days a week. And uh, yesterday's show, you were tremendous. Yeah, because I, I wasn't here, yeah. But the crescendo was the moment you were talking about... What do you mean? Cops. What are you talking about? Yesterday's show. I wasn't here yesterday. Uh, two days ago. Oh. Obscure cops, and you mentioned Tommy Nepotism. I've never heard him, but I'm sure he was a good player. Do you remember him? Tommy Nepotism? What is this man talking about? Well, to change the subject, I... Are you on the mushrooms again today, sir? No, no. I agree with you about the uh, hurricanes. Disgraceful, disgusting team. Yeah. Kind of like Yvonne Lendl uh, celebrating with that fist pump. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a John McEnroe. He's In a fact, the hurricanes, for that. the hurricanes are the John McEnroe of uh, college football. Exactly. But I got one other thing. Well, always a lot of fun in the airport, I will say that. Briefly, in closing. Yeah. On uh, Saturday, I had a radio uh, suicide almost. Mm-hmm. I called uh, a guy who called me a dummy and hung up on me and got all hysterical. On Saturday? On Saturday. I live in Palm Beach County. This is a clue from 10 to 2. Couldn't have been on WJNO. It must have been. It and could have been. It was. Who was that? Alan Burke. And oh. he ripped oh, me Oh, no. The dean? I just said hello to him. It was open phone. Yeah. He was talking about other radio people, and I said hello. He was talking about other radio people? I thought the dean didn't do that. That's Mr. Burke to you, dummy. He did get to call me dummy at the end. Wow. But he talked about um, other stations, but he doesn't really know what they're doing. Then he proceeded to tell what they're doing. He's a very pompous uh, ass, old man. Pompous ass, but a nice guy off uh, the air. He really, know, he really he is. Up, he said, he doesn't know who real Neil Rogers is. He's never <laughs> seen him. And I've been to your remotes. I was just going to civilly ask him what he thought of Neil's show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and compliment him and say, I heard of you from Neil. Can I, I can I, before you get excited, can I tell you something? Yes. Alan happens to be, and I don't say this about too many people in the business because most of them are assholes. Alan happens to be off the air, a very nice guy. When I had my stroke several months ago, he called me at home to see how I was feeling. He had some very nice things to say. On a couple of occasions, when ratings have come out, he's called and left a message to congratulate me. So in spite of all the shtick on the air, he's a pretty good guy. Now, Neil, one thing he said when I got off the air on the radio... He's been dead for 20 years, but he's a good guy. What that man said about Neil Rogers, meaning me, saying I liked him, could have him... It's enough to have him committed... And he said, don't ever call my show again. Yeah. And uh, I thought he was a pretty nice guy. I'm not from New York. I never saw his TV show. So I'm already... Uh, well, you had, to be there, uh, you had to be there in very specific weeks because it wasn't on that long. Well, it, it makes it sound... He, he sounds like he is a maven on uh, all events. That's messed up, Buck, to you, dummy. In closing, one more question. Please. At Calder, are the horses running that day? Do we get to watch a race? Of course they're running that day. What do you think, we're going to go out on a uh, Monday when there's no racing? They're racing at uh, 12.30. I just thought just the crowd that's just there for you. I've been to your remote. Well, bring a lot of cash, okay? Hank will give you some big wieners. Bring a lot of cash. Hank will give you some big wieners. Neil, thank you. I'll see you then. Okay. We're holding our uh, own. 12.40 at WIOD. We have an open line in beautiful Palm Beach County, home of the Dean, home of Lee Fowler. Oh, this call is on a boat. Now, you know what that reminds me? Yesterday, last night after the game, the Cotton Bowl, and I'm listening to this build that's coming out of 610 on my dial, and Jeff DeForest is presiding over this um, massive cover-up, and it was a call from a guy, I think it was on a boat. Was it on a boat? It was... uh... Anyway, he said that he and a bunch of his pals had called up CBS, and they got through to the truck at the halftime of the telecast, and they threatened they were going to make this guy an offer he couldn't refuse, Francesca or whatever his name is, and they were going to come up there, and they were just apoplectic, and the whole town was ready to riot. 
because of his uh, outrageous comments, etc. Ridiculous. Card sound. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Card sound. Yes, sir. Well, I was in card sound 45 minutes ago when I got on. Okay. Do so I hold the record for uh, Starline? Not even close. Not even close, huh? Um, two things. One, what is excessive celebration? What is that penalty? What do you mean, what uh, is over enthusiasm? That's for uh, carrying on like some kind of a, a nutcase. I mean, it's, it's, very, it's very subjective. I don't care about any of that. Like I said, I don't like any of that from any team. So as far as yesterday's game... But I mean, not... isn't that a little bit uh, childish to call it excessive No, I think, I think the celebrations are childish. Yeah, okay? right. But I mean, don't you think it's uh, to put yourself to that point where yes. the refs are calling it excessive Yes, I do. I think the whole, the whole, that whole topic is uh, juvenile. Um, you've got a great show today. I, I want to point out one thing. A couple of callers back, about five callers back, you had a guy that was talking about the um, one, and I think it's the same one you mentioned, about the guy with the coat, that uh, coat. Yeah, on Channel remember? 7, yeah. Okay. The guy with the trench coat that was oh, no, trying no, to be no, a no, sports no, on Channel 6. I'm sorry, it was on Channel 6. Okay, the guy that he was talking about that was saying, and I don't want to hear about, and we've got a hockey team, and we've got this, and we've got Oh, that, that. guy, yeah. Right. Dan the Douchebag. No, John okay. Douchebag. At Douchebag. the end of that, and he said, and I am sick and tired of hearing about all of the crime in Miami and all of the <laughs> bad things about Miami. Do you remember him saying that? I didn't see it. Okay, well, at the very beginning, when he first got on, the guy's going, and whoever he is, John, and John, John, can you... And he goes, no, no, there's a police siren behind me. <laughs> Well, he evidently uh, wasn't getting ready to watch his own news last night because the news, the news on Channel 6 was so morbid and depressing. They started out with the first homicide of the year, and then they went to a child molestation case, and then another murder somewhere. I mean, it's just uh, the, first, the first six stories were enough to make you barf. Yeah, it's our hometown. Yes, sir. Show, Neil. Good luck to you, pal. That's great. Okay. Well, I don't have the uh, trumpet out, but uh, we'll put Bill on cold, okay? Because he's been laid out cold a few times in his life, no doubt. <laughs> Many times. Happy I'll... New Year, pal. And the same to you, sir. Finally got a chance to see Godfather. And? And uh, I liked it. It was very good. Wow. Not as good as the first two, but... No, but pretty good. Enjoyable. I, I thought it was... Uh, but you don't have a degree in film, so what the hell do you know? Uh, I thought the, the portion about the, uh, uh, the, the the money with the uh, bank and all of that stuff, I don't think they explained it well enough for me. Really? I, you I should go, understand. Uh, You've got to go see it again. You've got to go see it again. Believe me, the second time is a charm with that movie. The first time, I think you're all wrapped up in trying to connect it to the first two films, and then the second time, you go see it, like, in and of itself. Uh-huh. Well, I'll do it again. Uh, you know, I, it's not the kind of movie I wouldn't want to see again. And the, and the second time, you're over the shock of seeing... Uh, Sophia, and you just kind of uh, forget about that. Uh, I thought told me she was named after Sophia Loren. Wow. <laughs> Maybe from the neck down. <laughs> anyway, uh, our Miami native, Andy Garcia, did himself proud. He was Tremendous. Great. His performance was outstanding. I think he's going to get a supporting a, a Best Supporting Actor Academy Award. And, uh, By the I, way, I, in, in fact, the movie's opinion, been... Yeah. Does Michael die at the end? Does he die? I mean, when he falls off. Well, of course. Oh, Phil, you got to go back and see this again. Yeah. I thought so, but, you know, I, I just wasn't sure. I thought maybe he just had another stroke. <laughs> oh, boy. I tell you, you are. Well, there's hope for all of us if Phil is calling it. In fact, uh, no, as a matter of fact, if you had to listen very closely, but at the end, he brought back his famous line from Dog Day Afternoon as he was falling off the chair. You didn't hear it? 
I'm dying over here. Yeah, right at the end. And the dog looked and said, yeah, it looks like it to me. And the dog I after... when the little dog walked over him. Well, no, the dog was trying to get that orange that was on the ground. He said, I think Marlon Brando once had that in his teeth. Okay, well, I know you're setting me up for the bad news. Uh, I never set you up for the bad news. There's never bad news with you, Neil. Yeah, I've right. Got the, uh, I've got the replay of the call. Talk about dying over here. That's what most of my horses have been doing in the stretch lately at Calder, but we'll see what happens today. Okay, here we go. Strike the bell. First quarter but when you're neurotic, uh, that's the way it goes. Neurotic repetition. Oh, excuse me, we're just talking about management here at WYOD with Suds. That's my opinion. I'm Mike Disney. Hey, you butt out of this, pal. Okay? Get back in there and uh, do something useful. I can't think of what it might be. He's all right. He's a good guy. When he's out of town, which is most of the time. He's here today, so you better watch it. Disney's here, and he's probably on the phone with Dennis Erickson right now saying, pay no attention, he must have had him some bad grits over the holiday. Dennis, we love you. Oh, we love you, Hurricanes. That's my opinion. I'm Mike Disney. Probably getting a razor from Victor Kayan to slit my wrist. You can't slit your wrist with that kind of a razor, Mike. I'm sorry. And look at this. Eight minutes to one, and Mr. Riley is walking in. Wow. Are you guys showing up at Calder Friday? You are? I don't see him nodding his head. Rick Riley's showing up. Suds, who, of course, is... Uh... Now, you better be at the uh, game this uh, Saturday, by the way, both of you, at the playoff game, or I'm going to be really pissed. He's not going? What's he going to do? Uh, three men and a baby again? Is that what it is? So it turned out to be... A... Oh, he choked on that cigar when I said that. So I, the, the good news is for Sud, the good news and bad news is his wife's test turned out to be negative. Remember that uh, lady friend he had in Miami a few couple of months ago? Remember? Her test turned out to be positive, and it's twins. Two men and a baby, and a girlfriend, and a partridge in a pear tree. And the audience is saying, geez, we didn't know he had it in him. Well, neither did he. That's the problem. But anyway, they're going to come out there, drag his ass out. How are we doing? I saw Phil before. He was congratulating me about my comments about the hurricanes and seconding the emotion. Uh, I forgot to ask him about our parking passes for the game, because I'm, I'm going to get tickets on the 50 again from Fat Rich for the playoff game. And also, hopefully, be up there in the in the box to see all of our good friends and others. And uh, but I got to get that parking pass. I mean, that's the thing about Joe Robbie State. If you got yourself a good parking pass, there it's a piece of cake, no problem. Get off that turnpike exit, you go right in there. And after that, if you got a good parking pass, you're in heaven. If you don't, screw you. Deerfield. Hello, Neil. How you doing? I'm doing okay for an old guy. <laughs> I mean, old. Well, I guess what I have got a top ten list for you. Oh boy. That sounds original. That's almost as original as the Battle of the Talk Host and begging for food, eating on the air. Well, Go ahead. You'll like this one. Okay. Top ten courses for athletes at Miami University. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> All right, you ready? You ready, Neil? I'm ready. Okay, we number ten. So, subtraction, additions, Tricky Pal. Number nine. We're number one. <laughs> yeah. Number nine, the first 30 pages of A Tale of Two Cities. I'm dying over here. Foundation of a, class, of a classic. Number eight, sandwich making, the final project required. Number seven. <laughs> number seven, alumni owner hotels, restaurants, and car dealerships. Oh! The interlocking economy. Number six, put your own shower joke in here. Number five, the Denny's menu, recent discoveries. Number four, <laughs> number four, the bunny and the wolf, and oh! shadow workshop. Number three, winky drawing. Number two, from first love to looker, the films 
in Sandwich Susan, Susan Day appears naked. And number one, number one, yeah. the poetry of Hank Goldberg. Wow. <laughs> heavy, as they say in my backyard, heavy duty. Heavy. We're number one. Well, hey, uh, I got a WFTL spy report. Okay, we can handle it. I heard this on uh, Steve's show the other day. Who? Steve. Oh, the guy with the 18 uh, made master's degrees in film? Yes. He said that he's going to have a guy on the weekend. His name is Philip Benfield, who's supposed to knock uh, Meg Green from uh, Saturday morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Meg will go over there and uh, slap him around with her purse, believe me. Well, he, sa he said that this guy's from Los Angeles and all Woo! this garbage. Yeah. And, uh, he ha he's been getting 10 shares and all that garbage. Heavy duty. <laughs> Too so bad nobody get... will be able to hear him. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get your little... And what about bulb. Shirley? What is her name now? Shirley is um, what, Goldfinger. What is her new name? Madam Gypsy Rose uh, Shirley? Yeah, I heard about that. Heard oh, that. gee, Shirley, I love you. You're a wonderful person, <laughs> but on the air, forget it. Okay, Shirley, you and... Uh, oh, God. I didn't want to say it. Have a great life, pal. You too. <sighs> I mean, Steve, like I said, I give you all the credit in the world. The guy is a great BS artist, a great salesman. He's been able to take a station that was like off the air and make something happen over there. But uh, let's face it, it's like trying to resurrect W. Death. We have an open line on the star line. Star I D Carol City. Ooh, I just knocked my cigar all over the place. Carol City. Hello. You're gone? Okay, can't talk to Carol today, I guess. Open line in Dade, 751-9463, 751-W-I-D. Hollywood. Ticking. What the hell happened all of a sudden? We were kicking ass here. We were on a roll. I think the canes are great. See, you know, that's the funny part about people. If I'd have come on this morning and I'd have said, Hey, screw CBS and screw all these, all these uh, belly aches. We're great. I'd have had four hours of people kissing ass like Jeff DeForest did last night on the sports. Jeff, you should be ashamed of yourself, okay? But zagaki has got, got his picture up on the uh, sports office door there. He's got the uh, man of the year, Jeff DeForest. Shill of the year. What game were these people at CBS watching? They were, that was nothing flagrant. What were they watching? Man, I haven't heard so much whining since I heard Alice on yesterday. Talk about whining. Whining, whining. Whining. Oh, Tom Jicka, Tom Jicka. Man. And then to talk about how Rick Riley whines about it. They, and then they are irony they play that stupid J America thing about uh, won't you write about me, Mr. Jick, and all that crap. And here Alice is going through this thing about, well, Jick has always had this love affair with Neil and he only writes about Neil. And actually, Steve put him in his place, which I was shocked because Steve likes the fact he writes about him, see, so that's okay. Although uh, I noticed he didn't mention Mr. Riley. In his column yesterday, Jig, and he still hates him like poison. That's what the Rick just said. Said he can never mention my name again. I still hate him like, uh, like death. But he did say, I hope that if he uh, has uh, some horrible accident, he doesn't suffer a lot of pain. Hollywood. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. How are you? But soon. Yes. Oh, uh, not a whole lot. Um, I don't want you to get ripped for doing four hours again on, <laughs> on the hurricanes like you did. For <laughs> Yeah, let's go back to Godfather 3, okay? I just got my degree in uh, analyzing the films, and I thought it was uh, bigger than both of us, as they used to say in those uh, John Holmes movies. You're going to get ripped again. Um, I just wanted to touch on a couple of points about the game. I agree with some of the things you say. I'm, I'm a Hurricane fan. I've been going to the game since 65. Okay. 
I agree with a lot of the things you say, but there's a few things... You I, would agree with me that if Craig Erickson didn't have all those zits, he'd be a pretty good-looking guy. Yeah, but he is a good quarterback. He's hey, No, he's not good. He's outstanding. Yesterday, setting aside all the other stuff, because I've never thought he was that great. I thought he was okay. He is uh, He's good. He is really He's really good. come on the last half of the season. Now, listen, you're going to hold on, right? Me? Yeah, because i got to do the news now. Oh, okay. I'll hold and I usually don't hold people over, but you haven't even said hello yet, and then you'd accuse me of uh, cutting you short, and I think that already happened. Hold on a second, okay? Okay, we'll get to, to one in Hollywood as soon as we can. Don't let me forget that, because I don't like uh, letting these guys uh, go to waste. And that's what Elaine always says. She said uh, she doesn't like letting any guys go to waste. Elaine, come on, are you really that desperate? In fact, uh, she was hanging out with Santa Claus after Christmas Day. It was embarrassing. Or some guy with a beard. And Father Time on New Year's. Now, you realize we're going to count that time. We're tacking that on at the end of the newscast, okay, so the ticker may start early. Rick and Suds at 2, Sports Talk at 6.05. Hank Goldberg, 8 to 11 tonight. Hurry it up, Elaine. 106 at WIOD, and what are we doing? We're doing our big one to two hour here. Mr. Riley. Oh, I hate that when he starts uh, with that Mr. Riley and Mr. Bennett. Oh, God. Steve, what's up? Now, you were about to say... Hey, Happy New Year. Hey, listen to that. He's got that uh, Tom Jicka look today. He cut all his hair off. I'm sorry. Who, me? Just a joke. No. So how are you and Tom getting along? Just came days? in to say, go Canes. <laughs> <laughs> you Only make thing? sure like uh, Jicka is standing in front of you when you do it. Okay? By the way, uh, uh, what's his name? Old Chuck Meyer. We, just, uh, we were just talking about this out in the uh, hallway. And he concurs wholeheartedly. Yeah. He said that Dennis Erickson is an unmitigated douchebag. Well, they kinda, want it that I'm way. I'm kind of paraphrasing. They like it that way. Well, I don't. I don't. I know. I they were very, I think I there's just, no I, place for it. See, I didn't. I don't watch 46 to three games. I just can't handle it. Yeah. I just. I like have a life. And well, I if, was. You know, I watched most of it. I was flipping around. They had a special thing on the making a Godfather again on uh, E on that network Entertainment Network E, yeah. which was you know I've seen that all, but I watched little bits of that and I kept turning back because uh, there's nothing else. But on. you have. I mean, if you change the channel, too. there's another football game on. You know. First of all, you're a sportsaholic. I'm not, but college football, eh. Yeah, but you, I mean, you I watched have, some we, of the Michigan State-USC game, and I'm glad we won, but it's, you know, I, I'm not that much into it, but it was just the idea of this was more than just a football game. It was like a commentary. Exactly. It was like a social happening. It was like more aberrant behavior coming out of Miami. Mm -hmm. And I threw, did you see the Sun Sentinel? Did you see the sports section? All these uh, clips from articles, all, from papers in Dallas. I haven't read the whole thing yet. I oh, read no, but, a few but, things. But, I mean, they got clips from all these papers all over the country, and I'm sure there are tons more. And they all just rip the crap out of the yeah. team and of this community. But it's, then you talk to the you talk to the team, and they say, "Hey, we're happy. We're oh, uh, rebels. Yeah, of course we're happy. you know, because yeah, yeah, they've been uh, that's the way they've been molded. Yeah. That's their but they mindset. say this is the last year of that. We're the last year of the uh, yeah the things the yeah, rebels the thing the, yeah. and probably of the winning too because yeah. all the seniors are graduating. Now the one game I did, you know all the bowl games were just blowouts. We're just terrible. Well, not except the, uh, the two we had here in Miami. The blockbuster bowl the other night was a great game. Yeah. And the Orange Bowl. That was a great game. What about Washington and Iowa? There was a Rose was, Bowl. Uh, it was, except, I didn't watch it. Except it wasn't like a seesaw thing. It was like they were always out front. Well, no, you're right. The Blockbuster Bowl was a great game. And the uh, last night, I, mean, just, I, don't even want to, I can't bring myself to talk about it because I'm so emotional thinking that they were going to blow it again. I mean, Notre Dame has pulled so many out of their butt at the end of the game. That, that was just they phenomenal. Are the most oh, I was screaming. They are the most dangerous in the last 90 seconds of the game when they're behind. That's yeah. when Notre Dame is the most dangerous. That's right. And they did everything, Colorado did everything they shouldn't have done. 
But it was an exciting why did, game. Why didn't he punt the ball out of bounds? I mean, everybody everybody in that stadium, everybody watching, even Bill Walsh, who's been very confused since he's been on television on NBC, he said he's got to kick it out of bounds. If he kicks it to the Rocket, you know there's a chance they're going to blow the game. And sure enough, he right into his hands, and boom, seven guys missed tackles, and he's gone 91 yards. But, but do you uh, think if he wouldn't have clipped him that he would have got him? Oh, sh- what? He's gone. Forget yeah. it. If it wasn't for the penalty, the it was a great run. Tubes. A great run is right. He's no Sammy Smith, but no. uh, he's okay. We can go. Suds is. <laughs> is he? Suds is Sammy slippery, Smith. huh? Yeah, is he slippery? Exactly. That's what his girlfriend said. And uh, so when's the and uh, Tom, happy occasion? My good friend Tom Jicka just made my New Year. I'm reading along. You know, one of the things I love to do on New Year's Day is just relax. Well, and I, read I the just, paper. Uh, I you know, I think I said what needs to be said. He has, well, but you he see, had minimal credibility before yeah. in terms of uh, your show and whatever his afternoon programming. Now he has no credibility. Well, do you know what this feud stems from, though? Exactly what he continues to prove every time he opens his mouth or writes anything. The fact that he's a prejudiced reporter. That's my opinion. I'm Mike Disney. Well, Mike and I were conferring on that in the, in the uh, parking yeah. lot this afternoon as he was on his way out. He said, whoa, I'm here late. It's 1 o'clock. Well, you know, he gives you the idea that it's supposed to be his opinion. I'd, he writes a TV radio column, and if he's critiquing, I can understand that, if he's writing a column to critique. But it seems to me he is the radio and TV reporter. reporter. If he's writing a column where he's analyzing the new shows or whatever, I can understand that. But where he's supposed to be reporting, like ratings, for example, to color it or to delete things purely because of his own prejudices is unacceptable. That's right. Because we aren't and here to please him. as much as I like Tom and he's a good friend, the point is, you guys had great numbers, which he completely overlooked. Mm-hmm. There was like one passing sentence Well, in he there, gave like, it to background. you. He gave our numbers to you. Yeah, and anybody who follows Neil is going to have great numbers, like Alex Bennett, of course, or a lot of that other... Uh, I, it just uh, is yeah. amazing to me because Tom usually is that the boneheaded. But that's why I criticized him. He can dish he it out, but he like can't take poison. it. Well, he just he can't said take he hoped it. that you had a hemorrhoid the size of Nevada of him. and it, huh? The size of him, which the wouldn't be all that big. No, he wants a bigger one than that. The size yeah. of Dave Game. Whoa! And he said he hoped that it bled like a leaky faucet. I don't know what he meant by that, but that's so what he you said. know he's he's winning my argument for me every time he puts a pen to the paper or and uses another vehicle of another show to just rip me. Well, you know he'll be on over there pretty soon. Sure. He just, uh, he's an embarrassment. He's an embarrassment to the well, paper. Well, they'll give him a show on FTL. That'd serve him right. Yeah. Boy, that should, man, I should have put that on my Now, Christmas were you listening list. yesterday? Did you hear this uh, ongoing? Now, they kind of, they were going through no, the lineup over here. And, they'd, you know, they, it was really pretty wishy-washy. They were trying to rip Ranieri. And, they, well, you know, but he's had a lot of success. He's like a warm glove. And, of course, I was wondering where Alice had the warm glove at the moment he was talking about. And, uh, and then, of course, about Neil. Well, Neil is brilliant. and isn't that? But he's hot and cold. And he's, uh, you know, he's, he'll be great now because he's got us to talk about it. You know, how did I survive all the time Steve was in New York? Seems to me I'm still here. I don't know. Seemed to me in the summer book, the whole station, we did great. He was still up there uh, cooling his heels or somewhere after getting canned. And we do fine when he wasn't here. But he likes to believe that as long as you've got him to talk about, then you're doing great. And as long as he's not around, you just somehow you just can't make it. I don't get that. How did before he came here from uh, getting fired four times in Orlando? How did I have any success in W Snooze? I had ten and eleven shares that I. It's a miracle I could do it without him to uh, bash at W Snooze. Well, I'm glad he's there, and I hope he knows this, and I hope he's listening, because the people that call and no, like he his said show, he would be listening to Alice every. He, he won't be talking. Resp- oh, right. See, it's good. He won't have to respond like to what I say about the Godfather or about the homeless and how they're all a bunch of bums. 
he won't have to respond because now he said he's going to be listening to Alice every day. Okay. You believe that, of course? Oh, sure. Oh, like yeah. he is right now. Right, Steve. So, and the fact is, what I was going to say, every By the way, time... you, did you take care of your pre-needs yet? No. Because, man, they, if you want to get some... like, Yeah, you're right. Here I should do that. Well, I mean, I, I got a list. Today's January 2nd. Of, death is part of a living Life, and all of yeah. that. But, jeez, I mean, yeah. I don't want to be reminded every five well, minutes. Well, maybe you know? they're like, we might just listen to the Chinese show. Chinese restaurant enough, I think it could happen a lot sooner. Maybe they think a lot more about death you know, while the they're listening to the show. The Armpit Palace. Is this the one <laughs> that goes with Alice? Yeah. Oh, man. No, seriously, it's a place where they use, you know, coriander is a spice. And okay. if you use too much of it, it smells like bad armpits, like a locker room. And this place, they must, uh, manage, must take the whole spice, team in huh? there and run around before they open up for lunch. I mean, just, uh, oh, God. They have like a steam table and everything. That you can see the uh, Madonna's hair, just uh, everything rising up from there in the steam table. Just uh, beautiful. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It's a grotesque place. Uh, no. And Alice just but goes on and whines about it. And then, of course, about the Corvette. You would have loved his comments about the Corvette, about how he traded his in for his Supra. And, boy, a Corvette is a wonderful machine, but it's very poor workmanship. And it, after 15,000 miles, they all rattle. And uh, he had it in the shop seven times. I've had five Corvettes now over the last four years. The only problem, Over the last four months. Over the last four weeks. And I wonder why he bought a Corvette, too, by the way. Isn't that kind of interesting? Monkey see, monkey do. Um, seems like almost everything I've done in my life, Alice seems to uh, imitate. Well, we don't want to go into that. But uh, th why did he ever buy a Corvette? And he, I've had five vets, including the 291s I have now. The mm -hmm. only problem I had, two of them had the ABS braking system went, and the light comes on. Mm -hmm. And you take it in, and one day they fix it. It's under warranty. No problem. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I haven't, other than the rattles you noticed. Uh, which come at no extra charge. I've had no problem. They run like a top. They're yeah. fabulous automobiles. And like I said before, I don't have to shill, thank God, because I wouldn't do it for Patrick Maria Toyota of Hollywood. I have to come out and say, well, you know, I really would rather have my Supra than the vet, because he knows I love Corvettes, and the world isn't just a one-car world or any more than it's a one-restaurant world, you know. It's just uh, childish, sophomoric, like your show. Mm, exactly. That was that was the uh, expression, sophomore. Really? See, they can't accept the fact, because basically you have a bunch of people over there, most of whom have no sense of humor at all. None. Alice. Oh, zero. I know. I mean, on the air. You, I'm not talking you off interrupted of me when I and just Norm, said this morning. Norm was whining oh, and screeching. Oh, and I had tried I to listen be, just for like a minute. Oh, Norm. I, seriously, he's a good friend of mine. He's a great attorney, a good guy to know, a good friend. But Norm, I'm telling you, if you're going to insist on feeding your ego by, ex by indulging yourself in this embarrassing exercise... At least stop being so shrill in the morning. People don't want to hear pontificating and hysteria at 6.30, 7.30 in the morning. It's just, it's embarrassing. Seems with Steve as program director, he should like know that. Well, no, that, like, he happened said, recently, nah, nah, he's everybody do their own thing. But I will say, and I'll say it with you sitting here, I do give the guy credit because I know this is a brutal business. You've been out of work. We've mm -hmm. all had our... Sitting here, I do give the guy credit because I know this is a brutal business. You've been out of work. We've mm -hmm. all had our working for assholes in management. And the guy with his line of BS has been able to talk a guy who's had a failed, miserable, non-existent station into letting him manipulate it and put it together. They've gone out and written a lot of business, and uh, You're hey, right. it's something. You're right. and I, I give him credit for that. I'm not, I, I don't believe in this just coming out and putting this contrived. And, well, they stink and we're great. I mean, there's plenty of room for everybody, okay? Exactly. And they got that nice 40-watt signal, and uh, anybody who can hear it, more power to them. And you know, the guy who called, what the hell day was it? Monday. Remember, I stuck around for 40 minutes. That's and what I was going to tell you. jackass called here yes. and was going on and ripping you guys. Yes. I'm leaving, and during the news break, I turn on. He's on with them. Sure. 
He's out with Steve. Oh, and Rick Riley said this, and he'll call you that, and said you and Mort Downey were crap. And none of it was true. And Mort Downey didn't even show up on his show, by the way, Stiffen. That's what I heard. But you see, all of those guys that we get, which are, like you can count them on one hand, have no idea what we're about. They have problems stringing two thoughts together. Do you remember how long that guy went on? Oh, let me uh, ask you, and then Rick, I want to ask you. Mm -hmm. They don't know what we're doing, and bless Steve for getting them out of our hair, because they've been lost. Well, you're right. Although, do you notice, now, the trend we got a, the station had a terrible trend in November, another one of those uh, non-English-speaking trends. But isn't it interesting? People said, well, while W.S. News goes off, you're going to have this windfall. We didn't benefit no, from it. No, At all. Those because people are Because those lost. people were already there before. They're yeah. not going to come over here because they hate us like poison. Now, and the if ones, they do, they're not going to write it down. Exactly. And the ones who can hear that signal are in heaven. It's great. Hello, Al. And the first call that he got was like some 400-year-old woman. That's yeah. what it's going to be. And they can pretend it's going to be fun and games and... And uh, Steve has come around, Neil is right, uh, you know, topical talk is dead and the heavy and uh, boring. But that's what they're going to be into. Nick is there. Exactly. Al will be booking all of his old guests. The uh, proctologist will be on and the urine lady and the uh, veterinarian will be on, the one that's been on 4,000 times. And uh, I'm telling There's you. There's an audience for as that. As it says at the airport, terminal. In fact, that would be a good place for them to get their new studios right at the airport because there's a big sign introducing their format. There. It says terminal when you drive in. <laughs> I'm serious. I know you, know, who you are. And they got uh, and Craig. I'm I, the one thing I'm delighted. Craig Worthing is one of the finest people I know in this business. You don't know him, but Craig is a super guy. He's I met another, him. He's had a million rough knocks, like most people in this business. He's been bounced around. He's a talent too. He's got a great sense of humor, and I'm just thrilled that he's got a job. I'm just glad because he should not be out of work. So I'm tickled yeah. to death for that. Me too. And. No, I'm just, uh, you know, <laughs> waiting for the gaps. Which and then he made. went through this thing the other day about, uh, about uh, well, Rick Riley, you know, I, I know he would never give the money to uh, the charity of Neil had. Oh, may I point out something on my behalf? I got audited. I've gotten, uh, yeah, because I've gotten audited by the IRS twice in my life. Yeah. And the reason was is they didn't believe my donation. I have always donated a lot of money, whatever I've made, probably more than I well should. And so much so that the IRS didn't believe it, and I had canceled receipts from every one of these people. I have always donated and would but, have to the Camilla House. But the point house. is, he's never even met you. He doesn't exactly. know you. Exactly. And to come on the air and to say, he wouldn't have given it. How does he know? He doesn't know you. I take my stuff to the Salvation Army, to the Goodwill, to the Vietnam vet. Well, I I've give seen, money I've seen to most the, of what you wear. And I, well, that's I where I get it, too. I don't blame We you. recycle. I'm but, going to recycle. But the second point is, and when he says that if it wasn't for Neil doing the campaign, a lot of these people, uh, big shots, well-known wouldn't give and like i said earlier that's the idea of something exactly. you believe in running campaign to bring it to their attention and scratching their conscience they'll say hey you got some bucks let's help these people who need the help that's what it's all about otherwise exactly. there would be no purpose in doing it and then he talks about well the real great programming too what programming do we have a bunch of homeless people on here how much do we talk all we do is mention the total open up the checks and we uh, occasionally uh, give away or auction off something of value orange bowl tickets some good things that people out there want you know, I mean, I realize it's not as exciting as hearing Norm whine and scream in the morning and Listen. talk. And by the way, Norm, I'm going to tell you they were involved. No, I don't know. You can't how, even mention. His I don't name. know how to say this delicately, okay? Because I think to each his own. Whatever anybody wants to say is their own business and all of this. But when you start coming on the air and talking about Norman, Norman's girlfriend, and all these other things that I was hearing yesterday. Steve, I'm going to tell you, it just, it's just embarrassing, okay? It's, it just boggles the mind, all right? It just, 
I cannot deal with it. That's all I need to say about that. Okay. What I was going to point out with the $100,000 is everybody congratulates you and this and that about that. And not them. It, no, not, well, not them. They're still taking cheap shots at the homeless. Hold still a And giving the little digs that we used to but, have to step over the homeless on the way to work in New York and all that. You know, and, and they, there was a piece on it on the news last night again my, about my, the homeless. No, listen I'm to just me. curious. No, listen. I am. And they showed, it was a local piece, and they showed these lines of people that were getting fed over the holidays. Yeah. There were a jillion women with little children standing in those lines of homeless. So this crap about, well, it's mostly single men and they're drunks and drug, is drug addicts. There's a lot of crap, not to mention how many Vietnam veterans and others and all kinds of people from all walks of life. There was a piece about Dan Walker, the former governor of Illinois, who uh, went to jail for fraud yeah. and who is now busted. And, all, and he was homeless, and now he's got like a one-room place, and his whole he works at the San Diego, the equivalent of the Camillo's house. That's his whole life now. He's dedicated to the homeless. That's what he does. And, uh, you know, it's very easy to just uh, try to wash it away. You don't care. Fine, I can't make anybody care. But don't try to poo-poo something that somebody else is doing. Give some credit once in a while. And that's Front page that of the Sentinel this morning. Nine-year-old girl promised a right. scholarship. Right. Because she uh, maintained, uh, I think it was an A average, for the last year that she was homeless while she did it. Mm -hmm. And she's going to school. Yeah. So, anyway, I wanted to point that out, though. I give... Probably more than I am capable of, but there's a lot of people that need it, and I'm glad to share it. So, That's my opinion. I'm Mike Disney. Thank you. Thank you. 22 after 1 at WYOD. The folks at Toyota of Hollywood want you to know. Step on that mic. Man, did you hear that? Listen, when we give you the finger, this one, that's when you chime in, okay? 126 at WYOD. Now, oh, wait a minute. Didn't I come back to you? You just, just got to me after well, how is that possible? You were supposed to be on after the news. I know. It's almost time for the next news. Oh, that's right. Mr. Riley was in here, and we were... Well, you're the first call I took this hour, right? That's it. Okay. One. Well, I didn't realize we'd have a 20-minute gap. That's, that's what right. Richard Nixon said. I'll blame it on Riley. Blame it on Rosemary Woods. <laughs> blame it on James Woods. It's in his zits. That's where you'll find all the uh, stuff. Really? Um, what, what I was talking to you about is I, I said I agree with a lot of the things you had said earlier today. Well, you don't have to suck around like that. You also disagree with no, some I stuff. No, I do. Like I told you, I've been a hurricane fan since 65, and I've seen them go through the 70s where they almost folded up the right. football. Right, the soft times and the hard times, right. So, you know, my, my opinion's probably a little biased because I am a hurricane fan. But um, wh one thing that I, I thought that you were wrong about, Erickson... I think he's tried to clean up the image at U of M. I don't think he's really... Well, he's doing one hell of a great job, I'll well, tell you that. Well, I think that. yesterday was... Plastered was over newspapers from coast to coast today. Yeah. Thugs. I think, I think yesterday was, was a little out of context for what everybody thought. Um, don't, don't you think there's a point, especially when the game gets so lopsided, don't you think there is some point at which the coach takes the players, like, uh, you know, during a television timeout or whatever it is, and says, hey, enough of this crap, the game is well in hand... Let's not make fools of ourselves. Let's let's try to uh, at least get out of here with a little bit of class, and you know, and stop. At no point did that ever happen. I mean, you just know it didn't because it never stopped, and uh, you could just tell this was uh, go do your thing and whatever it takes, uh, go True. to it. I, I think if they could have won it forty-six to three without the penalties, they could have won a hundred. They could have won a hundred to three without the penalties. Don't you understand? I mean, when you're starting at first and forty, the fact is, every time that Texas punted the ball. Miami starts on a 50-yard line. They always had a great run back. I mean, they were, Texas was so outmanned. It was it was embarrassing. You almost felt for them. And I can't stand their program or their fans. But it was just they were just uh, totally that's, out. That's outgunned. the whole thing too. A lot of people are forgetting though. Texas was ranked number three. They were going to you know they, they, they did a lot of the they stink. 
they did a lot of the talking in the beginning, and I think that's what stirred up some of the players. Well, they brought back that old feeling because that guy they have Thompson or whatever he was, was talking about how Miami wears the headbands and this and that, and, and started bringing up all the old crap that they used to do. And I think when they got out there, they just went ahead and, and went on with it because they never said a word before the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't still think that makes it well, right. Before the game, but how about when the Texas players were being introduced and all of a sudden our guys are running out there? And I mean, what the hell was that all about? Yeah, I, I agree. That, that, totally inappropriate, totally unacceptable. It's just not the way things are done. I mean, there's a certain, uh, a certain kind of uh, ambiance that goes with a ball game and certain kind of unspoken rules that you behave in a certain way, and that's just it. You know, unfortunately, no, you, I don't... L- I, listen to me. Have you ever seen a sporting event? I'm trying to think of any... Like, in, like take, take basketball, professional or college basketball. And let's face it, basketball's gotten to be a very physical game, a, a tremendous amount of... But you just don't see... I mean, once in a while you get a fight and all of that, a brawl, but generally speaking, you don't see the kind of taunting and the kind of showboating and the kind of hot-dogging and the kind of just brawly, unruly, out-of-hand play. It, it just doesn't happen. Unfortunately, though, I don't think it's... The whole team was not, not to blame. There's a couple of guys that have been doing that on the team, and everybody's going to say Randall Hill. Well, that, that's but that's my point. The point is that guys like Craig Erickson and the guys on the offense... Right, who played Sullivan, in, all these guys... Right, are, who played incredible game. I mean, just phenomenal. In the minds of a lot of people, it's going to be overshadowed by all this other crap. Well, and that's that's too bad. Yeah, but you know the other thing too is I, one of your callers really had talked about the uh, the celebrating. I don't see what the big deal is. I mean, if you make a play, why can't you get up and jump up and down? As long jump as up going. and down, yeah, but to have to go through all this jive ass crap and like a you know a twenty minute dance and get out the MC Hammer and go through a whole. It's just a, it doesn't have a place in sports. There's just no need for it. Did you see Randall Hill do his Bo Jackson? I saw the whole. I saw it. Believe me, I just I was embarrassed for him. I really was. Yeah. If he'd have gone a few yards further in the tunnel, I'd have been a lot happier. Then we wouldn't have had to see it. But a good point. Uh, Erickson, I think, is really up until the game, and I think he got frustrated because I think what happened was they they had a penalty thrown on him, and then I know one of the comments. So he gets frustrated, so he says, "Drop dead." Well, and he gets 15 more for unsportsmanlike conduct? According to what one of the commentators said, that if the team didn't back up, he was going to throw a flag because they were getting too close to the sideline, on the, on the white line there on the sideline. I think he just got fed up with it and just said, I'll drop dead, and they probably threw a flag on him. I mean, all in all, well, I, guy, like, I like the way you just, you know, if you had read what actually took place, or at least what was reported, it isn't just as simple as that, okay? Yeah, I'll agree with you. In, adi- in addition I, I, to which, uh, Chuck was telling me uh, when we were discussing in the hall, the, the, I don't have this for a fact, but the rumor is that after the game, the officials called Erickson in, into the officials' room, and there was a meeting, and he came out moaning and bitching and cursing. Evidently, they called him in, and maybe he's going to get, uh, you know, some... After the game? Yeah. I didn't know about that. Well, that's what I've heard. And, uh... But one quick thing, and I won't tie up the line too long. This, uh, I know he's tried to discipline the team a lot, because take Leonard Connolly, for example... Um, Please. Who, I'm so glad he scored a touchdown for his sake after being suspended for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but he suspended <laughs> the guy for his last two games of the season because of fighting with another player and then talking back to a coach. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know if he was going to let him play this game. And you know, I know that he's not the kind of guy. I don't think he's the greatest coach in the world. And if if I could have Schellenberger back, I'd love to. Um, but Schellenberger built the foundation for this program. He planted all the seeds to enable it to become what it is. 
And I'll say it again. What he's done at Louisville, I mean, they just crushed the year. Alabama yesterday. He should be coach of and the year. And there's a man. And, and, you know, when Howard was here, he and I had our moments because in those days I was doing U.M. baseball. And one day I made a comment because they had the old-timers U.M. baseball game on a Saturday. And on the same day they scheduled the U.M., the green, uh, the what do they call that game in the spring? Whatever they call that. Not the green and white because that's not our, whatever they call it. And I made a comment about it on the air because we had almost nobody for the baseball game at Mark Light Stadium. And this was a game like Randy Garrow was playing his last game and a lot of other seniors. Right. And it was a shame. He called me at home. And he said, you got a problem? I said, yes. I said, I think it was very poor judgment on your part to schedule the two games opposite each other. You could have scheduled that game any other weekend or any other day. And by the end of the conversation, I had him one over, okay? And uh, so, but he he was a tough guy, but he never ever would have tolerated the kind of crap that's been going on for the last three years. Not just yesterday or this year, but the last three years. It started under Jimmy Johnson, who created this this whole image, and now uh, Eric says it's either out of control or he's encouraging it. Yeah, I don't think he's encouraging. I th- and he had a lot of guys that are seniors and graduating that knew that whatever they did, it's not going to affect. Them. Well, let, let me just tell you this: in spite of whatever the media says in this town and whatever the fans say here. It doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out that what was seen on national television yesterday wasn't a positive for the University of Miami or for this community. I mean, no. that, that's not debatable. That's a fact. It, that's true, but I just think, there, I, I don't know, it's hard to say because a lot of the stuff that, it, that happened, you really didn't see it, and you don't know everything. Well, I, I saw enough of it that it really it made turn my stomach. Believe me, I saw to, enough of it. The reputation is so bad that that when you do do something, I think it's magnified. And I think a lot of the teams they played this year came out expecting Miami to be like that. Uh, the San Diego State game, it seemed to me like Miami, it was the opposite. It seemed to me like San Diego State came out uh, you know, ready to brawl. And well, my point is, I'm not just trying to single out Miami. There is no room for it at, in sports, and especially in college sports. I mean, if we've gotten that far where winning is that important that we now have to have, like, f- foot brawl, uh, then, then we're going nuts. We've yeah. just lost it. Takes away from the- you know. Then, then let's let, let's start being honest and just pay the guys and the, let the dummies all out of school and forget about education and just pay them and make it the minor league or call it semi-pro ball or whatever you want to call it and stop putting on an act, okay? Because it is big money. It's big commercial. There is enormous pressure to win and to perpetuate these gigantic powerhouses and these these empires for all of these coaches. I think it's ridiculous. Give me, give me my Spartans and three yards in a cloud of dust any day. Have a great day. You too. 134 at good old W-I-O-D. Open line of day, by the way, 751-9463. Soothing, that's what we need. A little soothing music to relax the savage beast. Just calm down, get it out of our system. Like I said, 300 years from now, nobody will ever know the score, much less uh, all the other crap. Who cares? Just a game, right? Just a game. That's my opinion. I'm like this. All right, just relax. Stop being so hyper, Mike. It's just a game. Okay, have a good time up there, Sam. Good luck to you. You'll need it. Pompano. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. I'm not a college fan. I really don't care about that, but... Good. You know, you said before the 49ers don't have to be dirty, but when they played Cincinnati and Cleveland, they publicly said they were the dirtiest cheap shot artists in the league. But, you know, they're pros. They can get away with that. And then CBS makes millions on that game yesterday, so they can say what they want, so they're pros. What, 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 what does that mean? What, what does that mean? I don't what it understand. Means is that they can say what they want, and the other guys can be cheap shot artists because they're pros. But how much do these players get? They get paid nothing. 
Oh, you think so? You positive of that? Well, I mean, everybody's making millions on them. The school makes millions. Are, are you are you positive of that? And let me ask uh, you. They might make $50, then they get fined uh -huh. for it. I see, like, uh, Tess DeVerti's not making any money now, and Kosar. Well, what if they get hurt? Then and, uh, and Walsh. So what about it? Well, if they I get mean, hurt? There are a lot of professions like that you can get hurt and be out for life. Everybody's off them, so why can't they do a little dancing? Oh, I want. see. So in other words, they can behave any way they want because no, people no, are making, because no, no. it's big business and people are making that's money. That's what now. it is. I mean, what, what the hell is that? I mean, college that's crazy. Sports, college sports nowadays isn't like when you were in there. It's nothing. I see. So I'm an old man and time has passed me by. How come college basketball we don't have this? Who cares about basketball? But oh, I see. And that's, not, that's not big business? The NCAA, yeah, for sure example? I don't like basketball, but it's not oh, so big You don't like it, so it's not big business. No, okay. it's, I'm sure it's big business. So then what are you talking about? You're, try, talking you're about trying business. to rationalize something. You're trying to make acceptable the unacceptable, sir. That's what you're trying to do. And I can't believe it. Uh, right. There's that's no right. place for it. There's no need for it, okay? Oh, yeah, you were right about that. But I mean, so then the what dance, are you talking the about? Dancing part, what's the big deal on that? I'm not talking about it. I'm just saying personally I can live without that. That's not the crux of our conversation today, okay? Right. I don't mind dancing in the end zone. I do mind dancing on somebody's head when he's down on the ground. That's yeah. the difference. I just think people make a big deal about college sports, and it's nothing but money-making deals. So. Okay. Good anyway, luck. you're the greatest, Neil. See you. 140, sucking around won't get you anywhere. Although, North Miami. Oh, how, how, well, can I ask you a question? What's Corey doing in here today? What is he doing here? Is he going to be on? Is he going to be on your show? Beg your pardon. Oh, I'm asking Suds a question. If Corey's going to muscle, you're not going to play that song, are you? Oh, thank God. Go ahead, sir. But I wanted to ask you. I was many... starting to say something nice about Jika. Beg your pardon. <clears throat> no, I said I'm uh, got a little something in my throat. Go ahead. I wanted to ask you. You're the uh, talk show number one. Genius down here. How many right, times the, you hit Maven. The today? How many what? How many times you hit the button today? About twice. Okay, that's not bad for a genius. Okay, thanks a lot. That's the same guy who talked to called in member a few weeks ago and apologized to all his geriatric friends for calling. But he's there every day. You're there listening every day. So if I'm a bad guy and if I don't hit the button, I didn't hang up on you, asshole. You hung up on me. Okay. And you think that somebody who'd lived as long as you have, to like about 110, would have learned by now a little bit better manners than slam the phone down on some great, wonderful person like me, slimeball. 141, Fort Lauderdale, on the ticking line. And it's not disappointing, it's ticking. Hey, we're ticking over here. <clears throat> Look at that, there's John Cameron Swayze sitting right under that line. Pompano. Hello. Yes, sir. First of all, Neil, congratulations on what you've done with the Camillo South. Second of all, you've got my blood boiling. Really? Everything you've said today, I agree 100% with. Unfortunately, you are dealing with the objectivity of the Miami Hurricanes fan. And, the, and the media. Don't leave them out. Oh, you mm, don't leave Jeff in DeForest. Well, don't put all the members of the media who cover sports in this area in the same boat. Most. Some of us like to tell the truth. Some of us? Yes. First of all... Everything that you have said is on the button. I find no problems whatsoever with any athlete doing a dance. Elmo Wright started a long time ago with Houston. Mark Gassineau had his side of justice on the defensive side of the football. Yeah. What mm -hmm. calls me is what you said. There is no reason for anyone to dance on somebody's head. The Miami Hurricanes were as well prepared a football team as I have ever seen, but they were not prepared for one of the main tasks, and that is to handle winning with class. Yeah. You watch Notre Dame. You watch Penn State, you watch Colorado, you watch yeah, Washington. Yeah, that's, watch a, that's an interesting point. How long do you think Joe Paterno would have put up with that crap? For about five seconds. 
And the worst part of it all is, after I heard the garbage that goes on your station in terms of the sports department, with the exception of Hank, who will tell the truth and right. will not shill, will not be so pro-Hurricane and so pro-Dolphin that, unfortunately, you've brought it up yourself many times. Yeah. Henry Barrow once tried to tell the truth about the Dolphins, and all of a sudden he got in a, a little bit of a problem. Yeah, all of a sudden they won't let him come to the game anymore. You, you got it. So maybe... The Mr. Weaver took away his parking pass, too, I think. Right. So maybe the shilling that Mandich does, the shilling that Zagaki does, and unfortunately it, it seems like even a, a real good kid, and a kid who knows sports, and a kid who knows horse racing, Jeff DeForest is being dragged right into the whole shilling aspect. I didn't pay for the beer. Well, Hank's a good guy. I'm yeah. sure he did. But the bottom line remains that everything you've said today is true, but unfortunately, because people do not want to hear the truth, they do not want to hear objectivity, they do not want to hear fairness or justice, you will hear 35 calls, oh, Neil's picking on the Canes, CBS is picking on the Canes. The bottom line is the Hurricanes are the best team in college football. They do not have to act like jive punks on a football field. Some of the cheap shots that I punk. saw yesterday, whether it be Ant... Anthony Hamlet or Mark Caesar's cheap shot or Sean Jones out of bounds. There's no reason for it. A lot of the reasons you brought up today, I think there's a, a correlation to it. This didn't start with Dennis Erickson. Dennis Erickson is a good guy. He is a good coach. He has told a lot of us with the media. I think he's full of crap. How do you like that, Al? Well, I think he's a disgrace. Yeah, you know, I think he's a good when guy. When a coach has no control over the comportment of his players, I, I, let me say it again. You know, not, he lost let me say it again. I worked with Ron Fraser for six years doing UM baseball, okay? And Ron Fraser would no more allow the kind of crap to go on and to get, lose control of his players than he would to uh, slice up his mother-in-law, okay? It just wouldn't be allowed. No so doubt. I don't want to hear that Dennis Erickson's a wonderful guy and it's all somebody else's fault. The coach, the head coach, has to take full responsibility, and the bottom line is he turned them loose. He said, do whatever the hell you want, and they did, and they put a black mark on the university and on this community, which we need like a hole in the head. Okay? Yeah, you're on the button. You said it succinctly, something I probably can't do because it takes me 30 seconds to say hello. But this started a long time before that. Coach Erickson said before the season started he would not put up with these kind of annex. And he's well, he is. Lost he's put up with it all through the season, and yesterday he contributed to no it. No doubt about it. He lost control yesterday, and this goes back a long way. I mean, there's members of the media in the South Florida area that are very much aware of the fact that in the San Diego State game, I just listened to some biased Hurricane fan that said, oh, well, you know, that San Diego State game, it seemed like San Diego State came out with a chip on her shoulder. There are people, uh, members of the media, that know that on the play that caused the brawl, Shane Curry... We did a good job once he got moved outside, inside to get some pass rush up the middle, gave a cheap shot to McGuire, knowing that McGuire made a great play and he was about to get sacked, and he eventually got the two-point conversion. They never showed the cheap shot by Shane Curry. They never showed what ensued after that. But after the brawl started, Dennis Erickson, the University of Miami, President Foote, and most of the members of the athletic staff and the players are fully aware of the video that was taking place by three or four uh, photographers that were on the sidelines, and they all have seen it. And that is Darren Handy literally took a gentleman's helmet off and then kicked the San Diego State player in the head. Right, yeah. Now, without a, was there without a helmet, you can kill somebody doing that. To me, it's ridiculous. And what's, what's even more ridiculous is to think that not one member of the media in this market has had the guts and the, the justice and fairness to come out and take a stand. And if Coach Erickson doesn't want to talk to us, so be it. If, if 
no one from the University of Miami wants to give us interviews, so be it. But stand up for truth, stand well, up for academics. As they say, when the people who have tried to put academics down, first. Relax, take a deep breath. As uh, they say in a parking lot, as they say in a parking lot at WS News, I wouldn't spit on the best part of them. Neil, you know what I'm trying to get to. Don't you think it's a little ridiculous to think that a Miami Hurricane player can rip off someone's helmet in the San Diego State game, kick him in the head six or seven times Ow. because there's pressure from Ow. the University of Miami? Ow. No member of the sports team will show that clip. Ow! Yes. Have a great life. 147. Well, that was Al Lombardo, and he's uh, getting hysterical, okay? You think he just won 20 grand at Pompano or something, okay? I appreciate the support and all the help, but you're uh, out of control. I like to control my people. What is it? Sound... Saudi Arabia. Yes, how you doing, Neil? Good. Who's this? This is Daryl. 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 Who? Daryl. L. <laughs> Dell. D E L. Oh, Dell. Yeah. How you like Dell Frank, and like the Dell Vikings. So how's things in the desert, Dell? Oh, they're going good. How are you? How's the halava over there? <laughs> well, we brought in the new year. Right. And you just had the vice president over there. I bet you he lifted the spirit something fierce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's the chow, Dell? The chow's pretty good. Okay. Hey, I just wanted to call, say hello, and happy New Year to everybody in Miami and to you. Well, the same to you and all our people over there, and we uh, we're all thinking about you and uh, wish you the very best. You know that. Yeah, and I wanted to say thanks a lot to the South Florida community. We received lots of letters care packages, and uh, I just speak for everybody from South Florida that's over here. We just want to say thank you very much. Okay, listen, come back safe and sound, Dell. I will. Hey, can I ask you, I want to talk to you off the air for a second if I could. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on. All right. Okay, 148 at WID. We have an open line in Broward, 524 WID. Don't let me forget him. I'll do the break and then I'll talk to him and then maybe we'll come back, okay? Our friends from next door at Channel 7 are here taping furiously. What are you people doing, trying to create problems for us? Man, can't believe it. I hope you guys have the balls to come on here and expose this grotesque uh, behavior that went on yesterday instead of just being shills like those people at Channel 6 the other day, that Russell Schmucka, or whatever his name is. Got to be embarrassed, you guys. Isn't that his name, Schmucka? Stick Dave Game in front of the camera before they put his ass on there again. He's embarrassing. I'm sorry. You're not going to put that on the air, are you? I'll talk about Sally again if you don't watch it. Anyway, the new yeah, we know how to shut these people up, right? Look at that. They're starting to vibrate right in the studio. Anyway, the new year is here, and a lot of folks are making resolutions for the new year, and one of them... Hi, Neil. This is the rapidly thinning Johnny Dart. ...is fading into oblivion. And his numbers, too, by the way. Wait till a new book comes out. Over there at the coast in the afternoon, he's number one. Even Steve can't touch him and probably wouldn't want to. Anyway, get serious about... I'm not going to say anything you're going to ask you about Sarah Fitz the rest of the day. It's 153 at WIOD. Well, that's a rumor. Somebody slid a thing out of the door and said her real name is Sarah. As in Sarah Lee? Well, she gives me fits no matter what her name is. Boca. Yes. Hello. Yes, sir. I'm on Nick. You're it. Thanks a lot. Let's go to Boca. Hello. Yes, uh, I'd like to ask, I'd like to first of all say that Hank Goldberg is my favorite color commentator. Now you're talking. For the Dolphins, of course. I don't of believe. course. Okay, I'd like to first of all ask. Um, I'm trying to get a hold of someone all day about how many seats are left for the Dolphin game. Lots. A lot? It's mm -hmm. not going to be sold out. Well, we have till 4 o'clock this afternoon to uh, get it on TV to get the blackout lifted. And I wouldn't bet my last uh, two shekels on it, I'll tell you that. You know approximately how much are left? 
Well, let's see. We had the 25000 left before Monday. Are you still there? Yes, I am. Okay, we sold 15000 on Monday, a few scragglers yesterday. So I would say uh, somewhere between five and 10000 So you don't think it's going to make it? Unlikely, unless Channel 10 buys them all up. I think that would be the uh, nice thing to do if Channel 10 bought up all the remaining tickets because they have the rights to telecast it Saturday. Do you think that, uh, that they will buy up as many as, say, 3,000 tickets for the game? As of when? Uh, like before 4 o'clock today. Yeah. So they think it will be telecast. No, I'm, I'm saying to you, I, don't, I didn't understand the question. Do I think it's going to be telecast? No way. It will not be sold out today. Very, okay. 99 to 1 chance against. So my plan is should be to, uh, to go down to the game on time. Exactly. Go out there and buy the ticket and don't to hold your breath for TV unless you want to drive to Jacksonville. Huh. So do you think the fans will be supportive on Saturday or, or no? Because the last couple games I've went to, uh, it's been around 60,000. Well, maybe if we put some of the Hurricanes in there, we have like a fist fight on the field. Maybe that'll stir them up a little bit. Maybe we can get them off their hands. The last time the Dolphin fans got excited was the Jets game way back early in the season. Remember that? Yeah, they were yeah, hysterical. They were up for the game. They were into it. They were worth like an extra couple of points, which we needed to win the game. And since then, they've been in a coma. So maybe if they forget about the wave a little bit and they start paying attention to what's on the field and learn what it is to be a fan, maybe we can uh, add like a touchdown because we'll need it, believe me. What does Hank Goldberg think about the, uh, the game on Saturday? Well, we'll ask him Friday. He's going to be out there at Carter with us Friday. We'll ask him, okay? Okay, thank you. Know, you know, Hank, he's uh, very timid with his opinions. Okay, thanks a lot. See you. 155 at WIOD, Miami. Neil, how you doing? Okay. Hey, uh, one thing for you. Well, actually, a couple things. First of all, I got tickets for Saturday. Second of all, uh, Miami's number one. And third of all, what did that guy tell you from Saudi Arabia that he wanted to tell you off the air? What, what, no, no, he got he, a little sad to me. No, it? no, he gave me an address I'm going to put together. They, they've got his wife sent him some of the best of Neil tapes, and all the guys over there are listening to it. And he wondered if I'd put a tape together, a cassette, with all the different, you know, ACN and a whole bunch of bits. So I'm going to do that uh, the next couple of days, and he gave me the address to send it to. Yeah, okay. Well, you sounded a little sad to me. I thought he was going to tell you some heartbreaking news. No, well, if you, were over there, if you were over there in the middle of the desert, yeah, you'd be know, a little uh, sad, too, I guess, yeah, after I all this time. I know how it is. Well, uh, have a good life, and uh, you know how it is. I do. Okay, let's, that's what I'm afraid of. Homestead. Yeah, hi. Hi. Um... Um, I can ask you pro I can ask you a question. What's your major malfunction with Miami anyways? What? What is your major malfunction? My major with malfunction? Yes, with What Miami. is your malfunction? Is it at the junction, sir? No. What does that mean? What is my major malfunction? What is your problem? Probably being fat is my major malfunction, right. plus talking to a bunch of goofballs is my major okay. malfunction. Right. What are you talking about? Have you been listening to the show? Yeah, I've been listening to your show. That's what I'm calling. Their behavior is unacceptable, okay? That's not an opinion. That's a fact. And I don't give a damn what Dennis Erickson or Jeff DeForest or Joe Zagaki says. Anybody, uh, there, see, there are a lot of people in the media in this town who in private will agree with you, but when they come on TV or on radio or in the newspapers because they're afraid of the wrath of the fans and this whole thing, this emotional thing that these phony front-running fans get swept up in, they don't have the balls to tell it like it is, okay? It's unacceptable. It's unnecessary. They're a team of great ability. They're the best college team in the country by far, in my opinion, but there is no room for it, okay? Period. No, no. What I'm trying to say is, with the Miami Hurricanes game, I've he I've heard you all oh, day put them down. They won 46, 46 to three. Wow, I'm impressed. Yeah, you should be. Yeah. And you know, even though even though they let did me ask you something. How how old are you, sir? How old am I? Yeah. Sixteen. Sixteen. You want to be seventeen? Don't ever call this show again, asshole. One fifty eight at WIOD. Let's go to Kendall. Hello. Wow. 
How do you like that? 16-year-old pisspot calls me on a phone. He's giving me instructions what I should say and what I should talk about, okay? What's my major malfunction? Yeah. His uh, major malfunctions between his ears and between his legs. Go ahead. I'm sorry. About You're a, emotional. Yeah, about an hour ago, you said something about O.J. Simpson. You got your like malfunction right over here, kid. Being a commentator. Who? O.J. Simpson. Yes. You have a problem with him being a commentator? He's terrible. Why, why is that? Because he can't speak. He's like a goofball. He's terrible. Oh. Does that answer the question? You think he's good? Well, I think he's. I think there should be more athletes uh, commentating on ball games. Why is that? I think there should be more athletes who are articulate, not who are like barely That's illiterate. True. What do you think about these? I think Terry Broad Bradshaw is a, a pathetic. I think okay. I think that Paul uh, Goofball McGuire well is embarrassing. Well taken. What do you think about these cameramen who can't follow the ball? Don't you think there should be some uh, fellows up there who know how to follow the ball a bit better? I think they're on drugs. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. See you. Well, I'm glad he took my answer. How about uh, Pompano? We got just a few seconds. Great, Neil. I agree with you 110 percent. Miami's a bunch of classless jerks. They're great football players. They need to learn some manners. Amen. Thanks. You hear that, Dennis? You got it. Now listen, we got Rick and Suds coming along next. I'm sure they'll soothe uh, everybody out there in the audience. They'll get everybody into a real uh, great mood, get ready for a sports talk at 6:05. And then, if you think you've heard some real heavy-duty herniatic shilling so far in the last couple of days since like uh, 6 o'clock yesterday afternoon, just wait, because this is your professional shill station. We got Joe Zagaki and Sonny and Jeff DeForest. I'm telling you, if there are any doctors anywhere in town who need some serious business, get the hernia award ready, because, man, these people are going to have a herniatic shill over what happened yesterday. They're going to go nuts, okay? And then, of course, uh, it'll be interesting to see what Hank thinks, right? Right? George says, I don't care. It's terminal. Hank Goldberg, 8 to 11 tonight. Have a wonderful life. We'll see you tomorrow morning again here on 610, your sports neurotic station, WIOD.